1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rota Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav, and you join us ahead of the Swansea game. Lots has gone on this week, as you might have already heard. We did a podcast after the last game, which died a death because Michael Beale decided to get himself sacked, so we reacted to that. So you'll have already heard all about that on the last pod, but on this one, we're going to chat about football, which is nice because. For some reason, we've gone right off the boil and everything in the last nine weeks has been about anything but the football. Uh, joining me is Chris. Hello, mate.
0: Here we go, again. Uh, we haven't had much yeah. to talk about, but, you know, we'll squeeze stuff in.
1: <laughs> well, what's the latest in the world of Michael Beale? eh? I mean, we've got to start with this because there's a couple of bits I want, I want to touch on before we do actually launch into the Swansea game. So maybe I was lying a little bit there.
0: Like I said, now it's happened.
1: Well, when, when we've released the last podcast, uh, well, we recorded the last podcast even... It was prior to this mad story which came out about Michael Beale and his Twitter burner account. And we can't not talk about this because it's just ludicrous, really. <laughs> I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, and where have you been if you don't know what this is, but Michael Beal, it appears, from a Twitter account which he had set up a number of years ago, I think maybe five years ago, six years ago, for a podcast about coaching, by all accounts, was... Tweeting and reaching, some of the accounts he tweeted were, were ours. He was tweeting, wrote a report, alternative angles of the situation between him and Hume from the game last week. He was retweeting posts from I think it was from a Coventry fan saying who would take the Sunderland job, who would take the Sunderland owner seriously with his toxic fan base and all the rest of it. but interesting timeline of events, and as it appears, he, he I think he tried to clear it up by hiding who he was, but there were historic tweets. From other accounts pointing that this was definitely Michael Beal. And then as soon as somebody tried to rumble him, the account disappeared, but obviously it was too late. People had grabbed screenshots and they're out there now for the for the world to see forever. I mean, have you ever heard of anything like this before? I mean, regardless of your thoughts on Beal, like, it's just crackers, isn't it? Like what 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 was he thinking?
0: <laughs> well, I've never heard anything like this before, but bizarrely even though I've never seen anything like this before it's still very Sunderland I mean it's <laughs> yeah. like the type of mad thing that only happens to our club it doesn't seem to happen to other clubs I don't know I don't know what it is I don't know why we attract this sort of uh crap but it just we're just like a magnet for weird weird and wonderful stuff but mm. it's just mad I mean uh, I mean actually it, it I mean you wonder if um you know during the interview process that how much do you, diligence they did on stuff like this mm. if, if it was true but actually even to muddy the waters and, and i might be getting this wrong but i'm sure i saw a little thing today that said mike beale's team and i don't know what his team would be had refuted the claims <laughs> on the in the athletic or something mm. like that that it was or they reported yeah. that he refuted the claims that it was him or his account or his burner account or whatever it was but the i mean even that's a bit ridiculous because all all the kind of evidence was there that it was him, or it was his. Yeah. It could have been, you know, his team that I've described in the athletic. I that. don't. I don't know what he that doesn't is. Doesn't have a team <laughs> exactly. Let's be. Let's be honest. He doesn't have
1: a team exactly. He? I mean, I don't know <laughs>
0: what that was, but yeah, it's it's just all a bit odd. And you know, for someone to be doing that and given given the opposite kind of bigging them up, you know, against every message that goes out, that's uh, that's trying to knock them. It's just it's just utterly bizarre. I mean, managers, it yeah. you know, people in football have got to have a thick skin. You know what I mean? It's it's that thing mm-hmm. where you know it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, Christ! I mean, we were talking in the chat the other day. People were talking about Peter Reid getting stick when we're seventh in the Premier League, you know, for you know for for random <laughs> stuff. So you, you know, you've got to know what's coming your way. But yeah, it's just it's. I mean, you thought you thought it was all over. I mean, we t- we did the pod to react to it, and we were like, all oh, right, well, you know, whatever your feelings, it's a bit of relief that it's all over. And then like within the next. 24 hours or whatever, that kicked off. And it's like, well, Christ, you know, just, <laughs> can, will this just end so we can, I mean, hope, hopefully, I mean, we're going to talk about the footy again in a bit, but hopefully getting back to a game this weekend and getting back to the footy, you'll manage to put that all behind us. But yeah, it's just strange. And the the sad thing is, you know, he, he I mean, he didn't need to do this. I mean, okay. like, No. Like I said, that that statement's come out to say it wasn't him, but, you know, Everything points to it being him, but he didn't have to do it. And he's by doing that, I mean, okay, like his performances as a manager at Rangers and Sunderland has, you know, obviously put him down the pecking order. Anyway, it's going to chuck him down the football ladder. But doing this has almost made him unemployable in a way. And I, and I, for yeah. that, I feel I feel really sorry for him. Kind of, you know, he shouldn't through just doing something daft like this. He shouldn't be. And and I don't think he will be out of the game. He's probably going enough pals, you know, the likes of Steven Gerrard and all that. Still, still, rate him and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, in in some ways, especially as a manager, I think that's probably it for him. In in some ways,
1: if you're if you're a manager at any level, why would you subject yourself to social media? I can just about stomach it because I have to because of this <laughs> podcast. And it's like, if you if you were in the position of not just son manager but Rangers manager, because that timeline. Was also a lot of him defending his Rangers record. If you're in that position, why on earth would you subject yourself to Twitter or Instagram or any of these other platforms? I think, to be honest, you said you feel sorry for him. I that's that's the feeling I had when I seen all of this. Mm. I was like, I feel sorry for the bloke, like, but in a kind of pathetic way, like, yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, get off social media yeah. and and what it points to to me is a is a fragility so uh, he's he's took a lot of knocks you've got to think the last sort of two years of his life have been him and his reputation being kind of thrown out there to the wolves and people pulling them apart on social media and a big part of that you know he's 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 reading all of this and and he knows about it and he's aware of what's being said and i totally get that desire to defend yourself but this is not the way to do it mm. And, you know, I think you're right. I think as a manager, I think he's done. And I felt, I kind of felt that before because I think the last two jobs have shown that he's possibly, we've seen it down the years. I remember Paul Clement who was uh, Ancelotti's assistant at Chelsea. He's won it. He had a series of jobs that never went well. and Muehlenstein who was, he worked under Sir Alex at Man United. Really highly rated coaches who've dipped their toe when it comes to management and it's just not worked for whatever reason. And, like, all of this, what's gone on, I just think, even if he wanted to manage again, like I don't think anybody w- would want to touch him, but why would he want to manage mm. again? Why would he want to put himself through this? I think, really, it tells me, and, and this is something I was kind of musing on the other day, but he took the Sunderland job far too soon after leaving Rangers, and he really needed a palate cleanser, I think. I, think, I can't blame him for taking yeah, exactly. it. Like, I would take the Sunderland job too. But if you sit back and you look at it, you think he he needed a palate cleanser. He needed to go to a, a smaller club, maybe down the bottom end of the championship, that we could work with top end League One. Mm. You know, like a lot of good coaches have done. You know, the guy at Ipswich did it. You know, good coaches have went down to that level and managed just to kind of recover because it was a big job that he left, and he came into a big job, and all of this just to me points to a you know a, a mental fragility and i totally get it by the way like i'm not this isn't me having a pop I, I like i understand why he might be in a bad place and why he might be exposing himself to these things mm. but like he needs a major reset i think i think he just needs to go away for a bit and 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 enjoy his life again and maybe fall back in love with football cuz what he's done to himself yeah points to just torturing himself really he like he must genuinely have been browsing everything reading everything he was tweeting us somebody recovered one of the the screenshots and he he had tweeted us before he'd even been appointed i didn't know this until it's been pointed out to us but he he sent a tweet to the rotor report account defending his rangers record i think it was on the 16th of december it was before he'd even took the job and that's like ugh, bloody hell like he was already on the on the defensive probably reading all the stuff about himself can you remember when Alex Neil was in post and he was kind of asked about these things and he was just like, I don't care. Not interested, don't read it, couldn't give a shit. Yeah. And like, I don't understand why any manager wouldn't have that approach. Or s- Certainly, you know, successful managers, I'm sure they don't go on social media and read what, what people are saying and then reply to it. I, yeah. yeah, I just feel sorry for that bloke. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's 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 just sad, really.
0: Well, look. I mean, look. In terms of taking the Sunderland job, I think you know a manager who's got anything about himself. You know, with a position we were in, just outside the playoffs, and potentially you're a Premier League manager within the first six months of you taking the job. You know, potentially, you know that you've got to, to... back. You
1: need to check your ego when you when you when you're thinking that way. Maybe, you've got a you know, back.
0: Like... You've got to back yourself. You've got to have yeah. that arrogance. If you're in that position and someone saying, someone saying, look, take this job and we'll offer you two and a half. I think it was was it two and a half year contract they gave him two and a half year contract yeah yeah. and look there's a there's a contract big money come up to a big club You could be a premier league manager within six months you've got to back yourself you're not you're not turning that down so from his point of view you can't i I don't think you can knock him at all for for actually taking the job in the first place but when you were talking there it did remind me of his comment that kind of caused so much fuss when he was talking about outside noise and
1: you Mm -hmm. know that
0: actually now thinking about that comment you know, most managers, you know, when they're asked that question about, oh, you know, what what do you think about fan reaction to this or that, like most managers shrug their shoulders or pretty much 99% of managers shrug their shoulders and go, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. As in, you know, they, they don't look at it, they don't read it. But he was clearly sitting in that chair having read it all and he knew exactly what they were talking yeah. about because he reacts to it and he, he kind of wanted to answer all of the, all of the criticism that was out there, which is a bizarre thing to want to do because, like you said, you put yourself in a position like that. And I think we we kept seeing it on pods that, you know, if he got results, nothing else really matters. If he mm-hmm. won 10 of those 13 and we were right in the mix of the playoffs and we gave the mags at, at the very least a really good game, there'd be no problem. No. At that point, you don't need to look at what people are saying because you know, you know, you're getting the results and that's, that's all you need to focus on. So like I said, I, I mean, he, he seems, it's just a complete waste of energy. I mean, look, I, I think most people who listen, listen regularly to these pods knows um, my take on social media and that it's a, <laughs> it's a complete waste of time and a waste of energy, but for, uh, for someone in his position, especially so, because how much is that going to drain you reading all that crap day in, day out of, you know, people just laying into you and, you know, you know. It doesn't matter whether you read it or not. You know, the only thing that's going to fix it is getting results. But unfortunately, yeah, he's been rumbled a little bit, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he pops back up in the game at some point because I'm sure he will. It'll just be interesting to see where.
1: Did you read his statement, which was released by the League Managers Association, or not?
0: I I briefly flicked over it, where it was quite, you know, he was grateful mm. grateful of the club, and he did say that um he was appreciated that you know the fans got behind him at at one point you know with with his niece and stuff and and all that from memory
1: yeah it was an interesting line really because he never mentioned the support generally it was just to the fans i would like to thank you for the support shown to me and my family during the recent game against plymouth argyle in this gesture you showed huge empathy and warmth and that is something i will never forget but not not anything else really because there wasn't any real support from unfortunately but yeah, said he was disappointed we have left. Um, thanked the players for for being excellent to work with and said he'll follow their progress. Just all the usual stuff, really. Said thanks to the staff at the training ground, at the stadium. It was interesting, the line about the, the owner and the sporting director. He said, The communication with Kirill, Christian and the board was always open and honest. And I would like to place on record my sincerest thanks for their support during a tough period, personally. I mean... There's not much else he could have said, really. He's been here two minutes. No. Lost his job, is what it is. But there was no real defence there. It kind of just felt like, yeah, didn't work out. Mm. Thanks everybody. I'm away. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly before we move on, because we know, we know we're not appointing somebody anytime soon unless something drastically changes. Oh. But you'll have seen the names being bandied around already. Will still again. Um, I think he's been interviewed again, mm. talking about potentially making a move to England, and he said. Uh, A really ambitious championship job would be appealing to him. But he's also been linked to West Ham. A lot of fans are mentioning Steve Cooper, who was obviously out of work since he left Forest. Mark Robbins, I've seen quite a few people mentioning his name. Do you think any of those are even in the thinking for this job? Because I don't. I think we're going to be looking at somebody we've never heard of. From an obscure league, I just can't see it being a, an obvious candidate.
0: Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I mean, first off the bat, I mean, they've created a bit of a problem now because they've now got two and a half months of this of, <laughs> of who's next, <laughs> and this it's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be a nightmare because already, I mean, it's only been a it's only been a couple of days, forty eight hours, probably a bit more than that. Already, all the names are getting banded about there's pieces out there saying, you know, who's next with a, with a short list and with a bunch of names, people are going through who the book at the top of the book is that the worst thing is the people going on about, Oh, please don't let it be him. And please don't let it be him. <laughs> I mean, you could go on all day going like that. And the message is coming through. It's just, and it's going to be draining for two and a half months. And the thing is, Mike Dodds as well. Every press conference. Is there any update on the manager situation? Is there, it's going to be every press conference? It's going to be every week, and it's it's going to be a massive distraction. Now we've got let let's assume that it, they don't make an announcement until after the last day of the season. Like I said, it's it's two and a bit months now of constant speculation, of constant questioning of the club, and they might be in a position where they can just you know shut themselves off to it. But the, the problem is that the, the club's engulfed in it, and you've got the you've got the players as well. I mean, the, the, there might be players out of contract this season, or thinking about signing a new contract. Or if you listen to Ian Hart, um, you've got some of our best players thinking: Are they going to move? Are they going to be away? Now, if we then wait until after the last game of the season, have all of those players made their minds up before the club have had a chance to put someone in place? And this is this is the worrying thing. Mm. Now we've got. We've got a bunch of things to sort out for the summer. And you're talking about players coming in as well. You're going to have conversations. There might be potentially players we're looking at who are out of contract in the summer and we're talking to them. And if if they're in that situation, their first question is going to be, well, who's in charge next season? And we'll either say, well, we can't tell you or we don't know. And there's there's so much we need to get sorted in the next two and a half months for next season. Regardless, I mean, you know, who's to say that? You know, like you said, the weird and wonderful, you know, the Sunderland chaos theory. If Mike Dodds takes us on that charge into the playoffs at the end of the season and we're in the playoffs and we we somehow kind of, you know, scrape through and get promoted, bizarrely. But if, if that happens and we're trying to prepare mm. for a season in the Premier League, I mean, how does that change who we're looking at? Does that change the shortlist or does that not change the shortlist? They've put themselves in such a strange position now and and I agree with you. I I think it's going to be someone not one of the usual suspects. And the problem is with that, if that is the case, which I fully expect it to turn out like that, are we gonna end up in a similar position to when we appointed Mike Beale? Mm. Where you've got a lot of fans saying, Why is you know, what has this fella got in on his CV that says he can manage Sunderland Football Club? You know, so the lesson from the Mike Bale affair in some ways is does someone have to have a CV that's good enough where Sunderland fans aren't kind of offside before a ball's kicked? Because that seemed Mm. to be the biggest argument with people who disagreed with that appointment before a game was even played under Mike Beale, that the question mark was, what has he done to warrant being Sunderland manager? Mm. And when the club don't come out and really kind of fully explain their thinking, then that kind of backlash started. So the timing of the whole thing coming to the end of the season and preparing for next season. And like you said, you've got big players like Jack Clark trying to make their mind up. And if it's all up in the air and it's all, nobody knows what's going to go on. I mean, if you're Jack Clark and you get an offer from West Ham or a top 10 Premier League side, or even someone who's already secured their Premier League place the next season, you'd you'd likely be off, wouldn't you? So, I mean, Mm. who knows to stop all this happening. The ideal thing is that you line someone up and you almost announce them where you say, you know, let's say what it's the end of February now. So middle of March in three or four weeks time, the club says, makes an announcement and says, this manager is going to take over from the 5th of May or something. I think that might be the the day after the last day of the season. So, you know, as soon as the season finishes, this person takes charge, players know where they are, fans know what's coming and that's the ideal situation, but I, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: No, I've got the feeling that it'll just be a, an appointment made once. And even if it's a, a manager in employment, it'll be, an, it'll be made once they've finished their season, they've spoken to their club, told them they're leaving, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be. Yeah. Interestingly, what you just said there about whether people would question the appointment, given if, if it wasn't somebody particularly proven or, or something like that. Um I weirdly, I think if we'd appointed like you remember back in, in December when we were replacing Mowbray and you had the guy who I think at he was at one of the French clubs, Sable, I can't remember his bloody name. Sable and there was the guy yes. in the Swedish uh, yeah. Swedish league. Like, can't remember their names, obviously I'm useless with names, but <laughs> if we'd appointed one of them, strangely I think they would have got more patience because people would have I just it's different. If you look at our record of appointment managers, we've never went that way. We've never. It's it's strange for me to sit here and go. I'm expecting us to do that because we've never done it. As far as I can remember, we've never made a we've never made a, a sort of obscure a, appointment, have we? They've all pretty much been m- like well known names in the game or managers from the lower leagues. So, or you know your Mowbray's Grace and <laughs> people who have been around the block. Like we've never went out and just gone abroad and went okay him hmm. somebody no one's heard of. From a league outside of these shores, we've never done that. And I just think if we went that way and it was someone we knew very little about, (laughs) I think Uh, they would have got more patience than Beal.
0: I I disagree because let's say we get someone completely obscure with a CV with next and out on it, except for taking a Swedish team to the top half of their table or something like that. And they lost their first three games. There would be the question marks would be saying, What has this fella got to manage Sundland? Why why is he in charge of Sunderland? The question the knives would be out because it's like <laughs> yeah. like prove prove to us he hasn't done anything in the game. So why is he Sundland manager and, and he's lost his first three games? I mean, if it, again, it's all about results. And if if they start losing, there'll be all that thrown at them that they haven't got a good enough record to manage our club.
1: Who will it be? Then it'll probably be Big Sam or <laughs> Warnock or Roy Hodgson. Oh, nah. I, I, but I, I don't know who would satisfy people. Anyways, I'm sick of talking about managers. We can park that one for a little bit. But is this because go- we did? Is this going to be every twenty pod odd minutes until the end of the season? Yeah, we did say twenty odd minutes ago that we would preview in a game, and I, I promised we wouldn't spend too long on managers. And then <laughs> here we are. Never mind. Swansea. We're playing at the weekend. It, to be fair, this is this crack all week with Beal and managers, and that's just been a giant distraction. And it might not be a bad thing, actually, because the last two results have been that shit. And performances have been pretty poor. That a bit of a distraction might have helped everybody. But we are playing Swansea, a team who we have a terrible record against. Me and you were talking about this before we came on. We've got one win in 13 games against Swansea, two in 21. And since 2011, we've only won twice in 14 games against Swansea. Our record is terrible. However, they're not doing too great in the league. They've had a bit of a rocky season, sort of hovering just above the, the relegation zone, actually, sitting on 36 points after 33 games. Their fans really aren't having this new manager, who's I think came from Notts County. Mm. So they're in a precarious position, but that doesn't give me any hope, or I, sh- I don't feel any more confident knowing all of that, because whenever we seem to play these shitty teams down the bottom end, we don't turn up. So I don't know what to expect. You've got the... You know, will the players turn it on for Dodsey again? Are they going to play with a bit more of a pep in their step now Beal's gone? Or is it just going to be a continuation of, of the problems we've we've had for a few weeks now? What what do you see happening here with us returning to the stadium alight as well?
0: No, well, that's it. I think um, for anybody who might venture on, on the site early Saturday um, to read the preview, I've already stuck some words in there about the fact that, you know, if, if Mike Dodds was able to choose you know, a time when he was given the, the reins as as kind of interim manager again, he would have said politely, could I have a home game, please? Because based on our, our away form and, you know, the, the fact that he took over uh, for three games earlier in the season and he got six points out of the two home games that he took charge of against West Brom and Leeds, where, when actually at the time, I remember everyone thinking, you know, we were in a bit of a mess. We're, Mowbray, it was two wins in nine and then we had tough opposition at home in those two games. I mean, I think we would have been happy with three points out of the two games, but to get six out of them and he, he looked back to that and our recent home form has been pretty good. We've won the last two, beaten Plymouth and, and Stoke and scored those six goals because those were the two games where we played those two and there was Borough in between and we came out of that those three games thinking getting seven points out of nine, you know, things might be looking up. So Mike Dodds has got a lot to go back to in terms of he knows he's, he's taken... Charge of the team when we've won two off the bounce earlier in the season. We're on a run of winning the last two at home and scoring six. So look, I I think we're in a good place at home, and I think, I think actually there's a bit of kind of with the players we've got playing at the stadium. I like especially this season, apart from the odd daft slip up like the one against Hull and Coventry was a bad day, and we've had a few in Huddersfield especially that was that was a bad day. So we have these blips, but more often than not, these players know how to play at home this season. I think we've got, like, the seventh best home record in the division or something like that. And, you know, like I said, I I just think at home we're a different proposition. What I was talking about those those two home games, obviously the Leeds one was completely different in how we set up. We had a game plan for Leeds. But I imagine Mike Dodds will be going back to the West Brom game, how we set up for that, and and Plymouth as well, because um, Plymouth and Stoke, you could probably say... You could probably put in the same bracket as Swansea, um, although actually Swansea have got a better record than than certainly Plymouth and, and Stoke away from home, but not by kind of a huge amount because obviously they're, they're down there. It's not going to be, you know, it's not like we're seeing a new manager or anything like that. Mike Dodds has been there. He's, he's done it this season at home. He knows the way the, the team's set up. The players know what they're doing as well. Um, I think there'll just be a lot of muscle memory in there playing at home and attacking sides. So, yeah, and before we get onto Swansea, I'm I'm pretty confident.
1: Oh, uh, I wish I was. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I dunno I kinda I can't uh, I don't know. I feel like you're right like you're right. We've been good at home this season. And I think the players all turn up for my Dodds. I think obviously they, they showed earlier in the season that they like playing for him, uh, particularly at home. But there's just something not right about this in my head. I don't know. I've just got a really bad feeling about this game. I don't it, probably just me being a bit dramatic, like because we've had had a shit week. But I don't know. Well, just don't feel I don't feel good about
0: this game. Just on that, you you talking about the players have got something to prove. I mean, let's say because we we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but we kind of speculated when we talked about being leaving that it was down to the the atmosphere on the training ground and something's not quite right there. Now, if the players have had had some sort of part in it in terms of providing feedback that, you know, it's not working or anything or, or, you know, something along those lines. If that's the case and the atmosphere hasn't been great and now it's back to Mike Dodds, you would think that the players have got this bit of freedom back almost where they're not worried about what's going on in the training ground or they're not kind of unhappy about anything in the background. It's all back to kind of how it was. So... In terms of having something to prove, you'd think that having that kind of off their shoulders and you'd like to think that the players come out and play with a bit more freedom and a bit more swagger about themselves because generally you'd expect the players to be a bit happier if that was the case.
1: What do you reckon he's going to do in terms of making it his team again? Because if you remember, I think he played Job up front in those two games Mm. where we won under him last time. Do you reckon we might see the return of that? It'll be interesting, won't it? It'll be interesting to see whether we kind of revert back to the way we played maybe really early in the season. Cause like, I don't know how much of this is what we don't know. Right. This is what we don't know is how much input have these coaches had into the Beale version of Sunderland? Like, and, and how much of, how much of it do they think is work and, and how much of it do they think, Oh, we, we need to tweak that. And then you've obviously got the the situation with the forwards, like three goals in 13 games. We're now, rot- we're back to rotating them again. Burstow came in the other day and was pretty poor. Roosan can't seem to get a run of games, which kind of indicates they're not sure about him, in my opinion. Like, what what are they going to do in terms of just setting up? Because it has been working at home, hasn't it? That's the thing. Mm. like You kind of look back at the recent performances at home, it worked. You just said it before. Six goals in two games. Mm. So are we just going to continue on with what we've been doing? Or... Are we going to like look at the team like we did against Leeds and go, you can see Mike Dodds' imprint on this side?
0: It's funny. I mean, I'm, I might be thinking too much into it, but I'm just looking at the games that Mike Dodds was in charge of um, earlier in the season. He had really specific game plans for West Brom and Leeds. I mean, to the point that actually it really surprised us. It really, you know, kind of shocked quite a lot. Shocked me actually, considering the 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 previous time when he took taken charge. But he, he kind of really had a game plan. I mean, that Leeds game was really one of our, I think, one of our performances of the season. Even though we we didn't play, yeah, we didn't, right we didn't play with our kind of usual attack and swagger. We kind of we were really patient and and all that sort of stuff. So so yeah, looking at those two games and I, when I've done a little bit of reading about about Swansea. I mean, they've brought in Luke Williams apparently because he was in the the Russell Martin kind of bucket of, you know, types of manager where he likes possession based football and, and and I think I remember him back in at Knotts County where I'm sure it was a fan or something asked him about short corners. And I'm sure he gave this
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he
0: gave this kind of long answer about well, you know, about statistics and, you know, keeping the football and why, why would you just stick it into the the mixer and all this sort of stuff. And I think he got like a, a round of applause or something after he answered it or you know something <laughs> like that. So it, it seems like they've they've tried to go back to, you know, something that Swansea were were known for for years with trying to play good football and possession based football. And Russell, I think they lost a bit of that when Russell Martin went in the summer. It didn't seem like Michael Duff was necessarily the man to do that. And he, he, he was really struggling. So the, they're trying to get that sort of football, and I was looking at some of the possession of some of the previous games, and even though the last, they lost the last one to at home to Ipswich, they had like 59% possession in that game, and I was looking at in yeah. a, a game in the middle, they actually got beat at home to Plymouth. This sounds like a very Russell Martin team, where they got beat off Plymouth at home 1-0, but had 71% possession.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just looking at now twenty yeah. shots, yeah, 20 yeah, shots and the last one nil. Yeah, so yeah.
0: um, I, I'm I'm looking at that, and if if they're going down that route and they come and try and frustrate and keep the ball, I mean, I think the obvious thing to do because he's such a pest is to have Rouson up front and and kind of lead the press from the front. But I mm. I know what you mean about you know he, he had those two games in ho- at home earlier in the season. He played Job in both of them, but. I just think if you don't want a side to keep the ball and you you want to you want to kind of put a bit of pressure on them and you think you can nick the ball high up the pitch, I just think Rusin's and I don't necessarily think Rusin's necessarily the best striker to to get us a goal and get us in front and and all this sort of stuff. I, I still haven't got a clue who is to be honest, but yeah, I I quite like Hamir to get more minutes because I think he's looking better and better, but that's a that's a different subject. But I wouldn't necessarily start Hamid, yeah? I'd start roosting to try and put pressure on them in possession of the football and try and really yeah. press them and make get them to make a mistake you know, in the run half.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be about that. How much can we win the ball back when they've got it? Hmm. I think there's a lot of teams in the Championship who try to play football out from the back who haven't got the players to do it. And you look at Swansea the last few years and I just think that's possibly, that's possibly a, a fair comment about them. And traditionally it, it hasn't been because... Swansea, have always in sort of recent years, anyways, that modern era I'm talking about, where we've got a terrible record going back to 2011 or whatever it is. Like pretty much every Swansea team I can think of up until the last couple of years has been a really good footballing team who keep the ball and have got a bit of an identity. And they did lose that identity when Martin left. I remember, remember me and you talking before the first game we played them, mm. and we talked a lot about that, about how. They've kind of lost their way, and they're not really the same version as Swansea. And I imagine they've they've tried to rescue a bit of that, but I'm just looking at the players they've got, and like, they've got Jerry Yates up front, who's a decent striker at this level. Jamie Patson in attack, who's a very average Championship player. Oli Cooper's decent, you know, but they've got a lad called Ronald, who I've never watched. I'll be honest. Uh, just signed him in January. Brazilian could be great for all I know. Jay Fulton. Matt Grimes Ben cabango at the back, Josh in at left back Kyle Norton still there, I know they've got Charlie Patino they've got Liam Cullen, who's been there a while uh, Charles sago jr who was a player was linked with us in January. he signed for Swansea, Joe Allen still at Swansea um but like I'm not looking at them and fearing them I think I think we've got to like we've got to do exactly what you said we've got to we've got to press them when they've got the ball, because I'm just not I'm not convinced that against a good press that that is necessarily a a good enough team to play through it. Hmm. And I agree with you. Roosan plays up front in that instance. And I'm I'm interested to see more of Mundell as well, because yeah. from what I've seen of him, he looks quite aggressive both with and without the ball. And it'll be his first real taste of the stadium alight or the opportunity to impress him. You know, he, he's got a chance now. Let's have a go at it. And he's the type of player who I think if he if he gets a good run and starts proving himself, He's the type who get fans off off their seats and, and people will want to watch him, so I am looking forward to it. In that instance, I just there's something about this game I just can't put my finger on. I hope I'm wrong. It's got the feeling of like that the first spell that Dodds had in charge where we played against Cheltenham and Doncaster and everyone's expecting us to win at Stadium <laughs> Light and it just has that feeling for me. I don't know, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm I'm not going to predict a win. Put it that way. I'm I'm. Optimistically, I'm saying a draw, a one-all draw, and that'll be a disappointing result. I, I, sorry, everyone. <laughs> We've really flipped rules on know. this podcast, by the way. I know it was always uh, the other way around. Uh, I, I love predicting a win, though, aren't you? I can tell. I can see it in your face.
0: I love, by the way, how um, you're already dis- after one knee-high challenge. You're already describing Mundell as being uh, aggressive off the ball as he is <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> That's about all he's done off the ball. One, one daft tackle. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean seriously about Mundell, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him at home, you know, and, and getting off, you know, for in the starting lineup and kind of getting that teams from the off. Because I think with us on the front yeah. foot and, and again, I mean to come back to I'm gonna come back to the same principle and, and just because you know, I think games like this it just comes back to this that you know, if you look at the the likes of Mundell and, you know, if if we can get a striker who can nick a goal or, you know, and commit and commit players forward or whoever plays behind that front man, whether it's Job, whether it's, you know, whoever he picks in there, maybe Barr, you know, he might rotate it a bit more than we think, you know, in terms of Oshish or, you know, Chris, he might just throw Chris Rigg in there um, just to kind of really change it up and freshen it up. But, you know, whoever it is, we've got those forward players. And if we commit players forward, that's that that that's been half of, I think, a lot of the problem under Mike Beal, that we didn't commit enough players forward. And, and I talked about in the, the previous pods that, there was this the gap was too big between the midfield and the the front man and we never we, we never got forward as a team like we did certainly quite a lot last season where we controlled games by keeping possession and moving up the pitch almost as a team so you had players in the final third when you got there at the minute it you know we haven't got players to hold it up and it it just becomes a bit disjointed when you try and play the ball forward too quickly and you're not ready for it and you haven't got players who can manage that up top and Again, look looking at Swansea under Williams. They've had seven games and they've conceded fifteen goals in those seven games. And I just think if you if you get at this team, they're nervously looking over their shoulder. They're four points above the bottom three, and I was looking at some of their comments from the fans or on the the BBC website, and they're really concerned. They're <laughs> they're really looking like down the table now. And they're worried about what mm-hmm. where this run might actually take them. And they need to, they're need they really under pressure to pick up some points. So, look, they're in a really bad run of foam. They're nervous because they're looking over their shoulder. They've conceded a lot of goals in the last seven games. That Luke Williams is the type of manager, he's not going to ditch his principles. Well, I don't think he looks like the man who ditches his principles. He's going to try and play football. And they're going to try and play their way out of this. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna. I'm predicting a. I'm pre- predicting a win. I think. Um. I think it's going to be pretty comfortable. I, I think Mike Dodds is going to have them up for it. I think the players are going to have their shackles off a little bit, and I think. I honestly think it's going to be a comfortable win.
1: Dodds' balls back, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways, we've got some quick fire questions from Twitter, and we're going to be really quick fire with these because there's loads. I only put the tweet up like a minute before we hit record, and people have gone crazy in in replying. So thanks everyone who's replied. Sorry if we don't get the yours, but we're going to try our best. Uh, we'll start with this one. Steve Rains, put these in order of most likely to lose in the summer. Clark, Neil, Ballard, Patterson.
0: Clark, Neil, <laughs> who was your Ballard, Patterson?
1: Yeah. And maybe swap I, I, Ballard and Neil, possibly.
0: No, I think I think that's the right order. Yeah. I think that's the right order because I think Ballard at times has looked a, a bit shaky in games where he's been caught. And I don't, I'm not sure Premier League. I think Premier League teams are really analysing that. It'll be a bit mm, not quite sure yet. Mm. Has he got the pace for the Premier League? But I, I love him. I think he's brilliant. But I just think if you're talking about a Premier League team nicking him, I'm not sure. Patterson, I, yeah. I'm not sure. Premier, honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I think he's a. I think he's decent. I, I, I'm not. You know, I think he's a good keeper, a solid keeper. I just don't think people are going to spend 20 million on him or however much it's going to take. And I think the two big ones are Clark and Neal. And with Ian Hart's influence behind it, that's Jack Clark top of the list. And I think yeah. if we don't go up, I with some of these performances, especially like that one against against Plymouth, um, just need to look at that. I just think Premier League teams are going to be all over Dan Neil if we don't go up this season.
1: do think you've uh, I don't think you've quite gauged uh, quick fire, Chris. Anyways, we'll start yeah, we'll sorry. start again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Carl Bridgewood says, what would be an achievable or realistic target for the remainder of the season?
0: Realistic uh where we are, just outside the playoffs. Achievable. Um Are we gonna nick that sixth place or not? Well that that's the goal, nah. isn't it? Sixth.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure we're nah. too far off now. Uh Chris Sims, do you think we'll see Job up front on Saturday? If not, who do you think will start in the name position? We've just answered that, Rusen. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Job there. Uh David Marjoram says, Do you think the squad is stronger or weaker than last season? And why? I'll let you have that.
0: Oof. Good question. Um my instinct is to say weaker because we haven't got Ahmad essentially.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, I think you literally that's it. We don't have Ahmad, so and we we had we had Stewart for like twelve games mm. where he scored ten goals. And we had and we so had Sims. It, currently it's a lot weaker, yeah. So we had two strikes. Yeah, and we had Sims for a bit, yeah. 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 Uh, on Sarah says would Dodgy get the job for would I start again. This isn't very quick fire at all. I'm I'm, I'm contributing. <laughs> uh, would Dodsey getting the job full-time ever be a realistic probability? Well, yeah. If he wins every game, you have get the job, won't he? The Pierre-Equip Appreciation Society says, who has the highest ceiling, Dan Neal or Jack Clark? Ooh, go on. You have
0: that. I say that Dan Neal, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see Dan Neal in like a Liverpool or Arsenal midfield at some point. Not much in um, it. No, no, not at all. Uh, Sean Cottrell, if we got promoted to the Premier League, how do you think the club would approach it in terms of recruitment? That's a pod on its own. But, um well, wow. Jesus, there'd, there'd oh. just be lots of more younger players, but all ones that cost a lot more money than what we've probably been spending in the championship. Yeah. just a higher A higher quality of young player. Yeah. I think it would be the same approach, but in a different league.
0: Yeah. I just think they've probably got a list of players who were slightly out of reach because we're, we're still a championship club and it's just going to be yeah. the next level up, isn't
1: it? Mm-hmm uh Jay Hunter Smith has said can we achieve the playoffs with dodds well, well we can the, but i don't know if we, I don't, mathem- <laughs> mathematically
0: we can um theoretically yeah. probably not
1: martin bell says do you think that we will see dodds leave in the summer
0: well he's just getting a promotion didn't he when Mowbray yeah. Mowbray was sacked and mm. i think uh, i think Working with Speakman and yours. and not many coaches actually have job security like that where managers get sacked and they stay on. Correct. So yeah. that's a big incentive.
1: Depends if you want to be a manager, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Michael Bowers has said, here's a shout for head coach in the summer. I've not seen many mention. Danny Roll from Chef Wed if they go down. Good shout. He's impressed a lot of people. He He's a, one of these obscure coaches out of nowhere. I mean, I watched Chef Wed at the start of the season. They were terrible. And he's got them looking all right. So he'll be on a lot of lists, I think. But whether he's the man to take Son at the Premier League is another thing, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? So when you know some Wednesday fans, don't you? So yeah, but, sure be upset but by it's, that.
0: it's one of these things that um, we, we've talked about before, and you've just mentioned a whole list of them. When so a manager has a does a decent job at one place, his stock just like shoots up. But you know how much how much do you take from that one job, or do you do you take someone who's been successful at a few places? I don't know. Mm. It's sometimes one manager yeah. fits one place perfectly.
1: Yeah. Jay, like the letter says, should Dodds turn us around and we get playoffs? Are our players physically ready to go up? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe so. No. I mean, no.
0: looking at the three who went up last season, what happened to them, and looking at us, where where yeah, we stand at the minute, it would take a big well, summer if, to get us strong enough.
1: Saying physically, like that's why Luton looked the most ready for the Premier League out of the three teams who went up, because yeah. Luton can rough teams up. So yeah. nah. Not at all. We'd we'd have to have a massive summer to even compete. Yep. Uh, Josh Gibson says, "What coach slash manager do you think the club will look at next?" I think we've talked about this, but possibly someone we've never heard of. It's either going to be someone we've never heard of, or somebody who's done something like they might actually push the boat out and get a, a Steve Cooper. But I I genuinely don't know. Hannah says, "How much longer will KLD slash KS, as in Christian Speakman, be at the club?" Well. How long? how long? is a piece of string? Yeah, <laughs> depends. I, I,
0: yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think KLD knows. I think he, he's more than happy with stuff on the football inside. I think. I think in some ways we, were, when he came in, I'm not sure. Uh, getting the playoffs last season, were we ahead of schedule? So I, I think he's perfectly happy mm. with how we are on the football inside, and I, I can't yeah. see that changing anytime soon.
1: No, Michael Bell says, "Do you think based on?" KLD's latest comments that the owners were really targeting promotion or are they playing a longer game and hoping a few seasons of first-team football for these young players will develop a better team capable of getting promoted and staying up? I think, I mean, I don't know what you think, Chris, but I think that second comment there is more apt. I think they're, I think they're ready to strap in for another year, or at least they were ready to strap in this season and go next year when it's going to be a weaker championship and... We're going to be in a better position financially because, let's face it, we're going to lose Jack Clark, but that's going to bring in a lot of money that we can invest in the team. That coupled with the league being weaker, I think would tell you we're we'll they're looking at the looking at this year and thinking it's a hard league this year. The squad's probably not ready, but after a good summer, bringing in a good coach, spending some of that Clark money, we we'd be in a better position for it next year, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I just think, and I've said this before that if you get the chance of promotion, you, you don't, you don't turn it down because you, you don't know when, you mm-hmm. know, who who's to say that we have a massive drop off a cliff next season and we're in the position that Swansea are in. You just never know. You could have an injury crisis and get dragged down the league. You just never know what's going to happen. And look, if, if the, yeah. if the chance of us doing it's there and, you know, if you do get that pile of money and you use it properly and you manage to stay up that first season and then you've got more to invest the season after, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's worth it. So I don't think you ever go have a plan of not getting promoted. It's just, it's going to be a huge summer if we do. We we literally have to, or accept we're going to have a season like, um, you know, we've had in the past. <laughs> we've had real struggles in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, a Rodeo has said, is it only me that thinks Will Still will be just as big a gamble as Beale?
0: Yeah, that's what we said.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, we, we, we said, said we said that yeah. when he was linked last time, didn't yeah. we? You know, he's hundred percent very un very unimpressive CV. If I'm honest, I I, I think and I, and this is something I've said a lot of times. He, the, the only reason anyone really knows who he is is because he became a meme for not having his coaching badges. Hmm. So he was he was the manager of a team, a thirty year old, thirty one year old, without his badges and doing well. And I think that's like commendable. But, like, I don't think that's the guy you gamble on. I just don't. I think it'll be someone else. And for me, he talks too much. Like, he's does. He's done a lot of interviews around the last time he was linked with us. Since our job's come up again, he's done more interviews talking about how he would like to come to England. But it's getting his name in the papers, and it's getting people talking about him. And you can understand it to a degree. But I don't know. There's something I just don't like about that one. I think it would bomb, just like this one has. So I kind of agree with a Rodeo. Um, but if he did get the job, of course, we'd support him. But I just can't see it being him. I don't know. I might be wrong. Um, Adam Miller says, How are you deciding who gets to go to Benidorm for pre season? We haven't talked about this. <laughs> it looks like we're going to Benidorm. Um, yeah, there's no way I'm getting away from my house with a one year old baby in it for a week on the piss in Benidorm watching Sunday, unfortunately, unless I take the family. So, yeah, that's not going to happen for me, unfortunately. But we will send somebody there, I'm sure. There'll be a couple of daft lads from Rotor Report. Whether they whether they do any podcasts or whether they just, you know, end up on the strip and on the piss for three days and Sticky Vicky's granddaughter doing a show <laughs> and all. They've got all that shit. Yeah, maybe they could get Sticky Vicky on the pitch at halftime to keep people happy, or, or at least not. Well, maybe not Sticky Vicky. She's dead now. But maybe one of her relatives. Um. Anyway, it's moving on. Uh, Daniel McGwin has said, "What's your favourite breed of dog?" Now, that's just caught us by surprise because I'm just reading down the list. But what is your favorite breed of dog, Chris? Do you uh, have one?
0: Uh, no, I'm not sure I've got one to be
1: <laughs> honest. Yeah, I'll go with toy poodles. I've got two of them. Uh, Mitch Monty says, if Sunderland were to get the playoffs and go up, would you keep or sell Jack Clark? Well, if we go up, I'd keep him, of course. Um, I think he'd stay as well. But if we don't go up, he's gone, isn't he? And we're not going yeah. up. I don't. So...
0: I don't think we've got a choice if we don't go up.
1: No, I don't. I think that's already decided. We'll still become, that is hard to read. Will Will still become manager if he knows he won't get to buy his own players? Well, yeah, because kind of what he would be signing up to. Would he want to come to Sunderland? Where, I mean, from what I've read about him at his French club, he hasn't got much to say there. They've just been selling players from under him and weakening his squad in the last couple of windows. So I guess he's used to it, but um I don't know. I don't know. No real knowledge of whether he would take the job or not.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the way most clubs are going now. So most people, most coaches have got to accept that that's going to be the case
1: yeah last question from Abdullah SZN on Twitter are we starting to regret letting Leon Diaco go Uh, no unless you're just a fan of his mom on Instagram because you know there we go you're on fire tonight I know I know well we got that was the last question anyway so thanks everyone who sent those in they were meant to be quick fire and I think we possibly took about 12 or 30 minutes there so we need to brush up on our quick fired uh, Anyways, cheers, Chris. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us always. No worries. Cheers the listeners. Uh, we will be back with a review of Swansea. And if we win, Chris is allowed on because he hasn't been on to review a win in feels it like about a year. Uh, no, so, stick up your ass. We'll I'll get you won't. on. Nah. on. <laughs> just, people are just going to associate you with misery. Now, aren't they? <laughs> um, I said we'll win. <laughs> thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you on the next one.